Welcome to the Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. It's Monday, July 25th, and we're the podcast that updates whenever there's news, all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. A groundbreaking article about Alzheimer's disease written in 2006 may have included false information and misdirected Alzheimer's research for more than a decade and a half. Science Magazine quoted a researcher at Vanderbilt University who says several images that supported the original article appear to have been manipulated. The article's hypothesis that amyloid proteins cause plaques on the brain and can lead to the disease has helped steer billions of dollars in research money. Vice President Kamala Harris will be in Indiana today as the state legislature holds a special session on abortion. The state's GOP leaders have proposed a near total ban announced by Senate President Roderick Bray. Our underlying goal is to protect human life, promote more adoption and less abortion by limiting abortion to the life of the mother, rape and incest. Indiana is the first state to debate abortion rights since Roe v. Wade was overturned. Harris will meet with legislators and with abortion rights activists who are holding a rally outside the state capitol. Indiana has been in the spotlight after a 10-year-old girl traveled there from Ohio to receive an abortion. Happy birthday to the $7.25 minimum wage. It's officially out of tweenhood. So cute. This weekend marked 13 years since the minimum wage was last raised. Biden was vice president. Yikes. Insider crunched the numbers, and those $7.25 can get you about 30% less than they did in July 2009. And the Economic Policy Institute calculates the minimum wage has fallen about 40% since the 1960s. Not to state the obvious, but we all know who the real big winners of the Twitter Elon Musk battle will be, no matter the outcome, right? The law firms. Twitter has already spent $33 million related to the pending acquisition by Elon Musk, according to Twitter's second quarter earnings report. And the social media giant has partly blamed the chaotic deal for a 1% drop in overall revenue. The company did have its first win in a court last week, though, when, to minimize costs, a judge agreed to expedite the lawsuit trying to force Musk to complete the deal. Marvel Studios released the first trailer for its much-anticipated sequel to Black Panther this weekend, to the delight of fans. But the even bigger news is that Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige told Comic-Con that the sequel, called Wakanda Forever, will mark the end of the current Marvel Cinematic Universe phase. Of course, once we have gotten through Phase 4, Phase 5, Phase 6, that will complete the second saga of the MCU, which is, of course... The multiverse saga. Feige also announced two new Avengers movies. Marvel fans better suit up because there is a lot to look forward to. Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens. So check back whenever you want to know the latest. Coming up, we talk about why the great resignation might not actually be giving workers that much power. The changing world of hybrid work offers new possibilities. WebEx enables them with an open platform and many integrated partners like Notion, Unifor, and SalesLoft. Powerful partnerships power hybrid work. Visit apphub.webex.com. WebEx, working for everyone.
Americans are finally getting some relief at the pump. After many weeks of record high gas prices, the national average has been plunging. It's now $4.54 a gallon, which is 32 cents lower than it was two weeks ago. In the past six weeks, prices have decreased 55 cents a gallon, but are still more than a dollar higher than they were last year. The cost of gas is expected to continue dropping. History has mostly forgotten a man who was charged alongside the Central Park Five, the group of black and brown teenagers who were wrongfully accused of raping and beating a white jogger in 1989. Steven Lopez was the sixth co-defendant and served time on a lesser robbery charge. He was 15. And the Manhattan DA is expected to finally vacate Lopez's conviction today. Pope Francis is in Edmonton, Alberta, in Canada today to meet with indigenous survivors of church-run residential schools. Throughout the 20th century, more than 150,000 indigenous children were forcibly taken from their families. All were stripped of their culture, and many were physically and sexually abused, even killed. The Pope apologized in Rome a few months ago, but what he's calling his six-day penitence tour marks a historic acknowledgement of the church's role in what many call a cult genocide. About 2,500 workers at Boeing are planning to strike beginning in August. They're from three manufacturing facilities around St. Louis, and their union rejected a deal with the company on Sunday. The big sticking points were around retirement benefits. Boeing says it has a contingency plan to continue operations through a strike. The Moscow Chess Federation rented a robot that could play three people at once for a tournament last week. But then a seven-year-old boy playing against it made a move and didn't wait for the robot to respond before making another move. The robot grabbed his finger and broke it. The Guardian has a video of the incident. The robot was designed to beat his opponents, but perhaps the original programming said, by any means necessary. We talk a lot about the Great Resignation, including here at the Refresh and Insider, and we often bill it as this great reckoning that's putting more power in the hands of workers. You know, they have the freedom to leave for better paying jobs, to be happier, but it might not be all it's cracked up to be. At least that's what one Insider reporter, Juliana Kaplan, says. So, Juliana. Tons of people are leaving their jobs, right? To put out a number, 4.5 million people quit their jobs in March alone. But when it comes to corporate or office work, you write that for those getting different jobs, grass isn't always greener. So to be clear, there are definitely some people who have gotten more power in this labor market because of the great resignation and their ability to quit. You know, these are people that, There's not anyone who's really waiting in the wings to take over their role, for instance. So employers really need to hold on to them. And what about the people you've spoken to who have not had that great of an experience? So the only thing you really can do to materially improve your conditions is quit. As a worker, you maybe are leaving for more money. So one person I spoke to in this story said that when they got a new job, right? They did make more money at their new job, but basically everything else was still a drawback. And that's where she sort of encountered the limitations of worker power. Joblist, which is a job site, just did a really big survey of people throughout the labor market. And 26% of the people they interviewed who job switched said that they regretted quitting their last job. 
And within that cohort as well, 42% said their new roles have not lived up to their expectations. Juliana, how is, you know, this looming economic slowdown affecting the great resignation? What are economists saying about it? You know, we're seeing some companies implement hiring freezes, for instance, and economists say, you know, during a time of downturn, workers probably don't necessarily want to leave their jobs. At the same time, we're also seeing layoffs. And, you know, I should note, we haven't seen recession showing up yet in our labor market data. All of that does run a month or two behind. But that being said, it's a pretty simple calculation. If you're having a lot of people laid off and a lot of companies that are hiring a lot less, all of a sudden workers don't necessarily have the upper hand for all of those job openings, right? Because the companies want to hold on to people, they don't necessarily want to hire you. And then there's a lot more people looking for work. You also write that companies are growing increasingly willing to just leave jobs open instead of agreeing to pay some workers more. Yeah, so that's sort of one aspect of what's called monopsony, which is a fun word to say. Okay. (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Yes. So monopsony is an economic concept referring to employers' power, the power that employers have to set wages and set working conditions. So the idea is that in a perfectly competitive labor market, you would not really be dealing with monopsony, right? Everyone would have to be competing with each other to keep raising their wages higher. However, that being said, for as hot of a labor market we're in, we are not in a perfectly competitive labor market. The Treasury Department found recently, actually, that workers right now are getting paid 15 to 20% less than they would in a perfectly competitive labor market. And that is because employers have monopsony power. Huh. Any other important takeaways from your reporting, Juliana? Absolutely. I think that one of the biggest through lines here is that employers play a really outsized role in Americans' lives. And that's part of the reason that workers can intrinsically just never have that much power. Because in America, your employer is often responsible for helping you out with childcare, with healthcare, with housing, with food. We don't have any structural policy that ensures Americans have those things. And that's a really important tension and dynamic that even with the great resignation, giving some people a little bit more power hasn't changed. Juliana, thanks for chatting with me. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Juliana Kaplan writes about labor and inequality for Insider. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play The Refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. Talk to you soon. Bye.